In 2019, I uncovered a little blue suitcase in my grandparents' basement in their Toronto home. Inside was an unexpected treasure, Bill and Doreen's love letters from the Second World War. And now I am sharing that story with all of you. You're listening to the Little Blue Suitcase podcast, hosted by me, Jason McDowell. April 18th, 1942. Hello, Hello, darling. darling. Well, dear, it is now Sunday afternoon and I have finished all the housework, so I thought I would write you and let you know I received your letter yesterday. I also received your card. I am glad to hear that you had a nice trip and arrived okay. Nothing much exciting has happened since you left. How do you like Halifax? Is it as bad as they say? I phoned your mother as soon as I read your letter. And I also told your pop that they were being drilled with rifles and gas masks. So I guess you will be as proud as Punch. It may be coming more of a reality to Doreen that Bill is actually getting ready for combat. He's practicing with rifles and gas masks. And I'm wondering if this is now starting to set in to Doreen that there is the possibility that Bill might be shipped overseas and he may see combat. I also went to see your mother last Tuesday, and I got another pair of pillowcases, and they are smart. Last Wednesday, Marg and I went to the Oxford, and on Thursday night, I took Beverly for a walk in her carriage. We got her carriage last Monday. I met Pop during my lunch hour and went with him to pick it out. I think I met everyone I knew when I was walking with Beverly. Their eyes almost popped out of their head. When they found out that she was my sister, they almost fainted. Because Doreen was 20 when her little sister came along, by default, she is becoming the primary caregiver to Beverly. I mean, I have to think that my great-grandmother was 40 when she gave birth to Beverly. She was preparing to marry off her only daughter. She was thinking that this is it, I'm done. I can now go to the Scottish Lodge. I can go to the show. I can go to the movies. And then boom, you now have a newborn that you're now going to have to look after for the next 20 years. So I wonder if it was done on purpose or if it was done by default that Doreen stepped into that role of primary caregiver. Did she step into that role as practice for when she became a mother? Did she step into that role because her mother was dealing with postpartum? I don't know the answer. But it certainly has become evident that Doreen will step into that role of primary caregiver. I was talking to Barbara Stanton last week, and she was asking about you. She also heard about Beverly. I don't know who told her, but I guess word gets around. She didn't know about my ring until she saw it on my finger, though, and she said it was very lovely. My grandfather's father was a jeweler, and so in this case, it was very easy for Doreen to think about what she wanted her ring to look like because everyone in the family went to my grandfather's father to have their rings designed. And so in this case, Doreen simply had to go to Bill's father. She designed her ring and it turned out exactly the way she wanted. We were up in the materials department picking out Jan's materials for her wedding dress. She is being married in June. I think the first Saturday in June. She is being married up by the lake, just a few miles past Jackson's Point. Her mother goes there all summer and and boards with people. I do not know if I will be a guest or not. 
I am listening to a swell program on the radio, and they just finished playing Moonlight Cocktails. Don't you wish you were here? I do. Well, darling, another week has gone by. Gosh, I hope you are only gone a month, but I will keep my fingers crossed. By the way, dear, I get my holidays the first two weeks in August. Not too bad, eh? I didn't have much choice, but that was the best I could do. Can you get leave then? Gosh, I hope so. By the way, old dear, how are the Halifax girls? Better than the Ottawa girls, or are they hot stuff? Just watch out about what you do, as I have my spies looking out for you. Bill, dear, do you know what the number one hot tune is? Well, they just finished playing it. I don't want to walk without you. I Don't Want to Walk Without You was one of the most popular songs of 1942. It was recorded by more than five major recording artists, so who knows who Doreen was listening to. It is a pretty sappy song, but I believe that was probably what was pulling on everyone's heartstrings given the time of the year. And that's exactly how I feel about you. I guess, I guess you know that by now though. Oh, and I heard about another surprise. Marg McLeod got her ring from Len last Saturday, so I guess we started something. And also Pat McElroy. She used to go out with Alex and he got her a ring last week too. Mother has Beverly downstairs and she is feeding her. Gosh, she is getting fat. Your mother was around Friday afternoon to see her, but as per usual, Beverly was sleeping. Your mother had a telephone call from Leon's mother and she had just received a letter from Leon. He is still tall and is in Scotland, but he doesn't like it very much. But your mother will tell you all about that when she writes you. As a historical note, Doreen was born in Aberdeen, Scotland, and she came to Canada as a young girl. So you'll notice in many of the letters, they make reference to families still living in Scotland and or Scottish food and or Scottish traditions, which we still celebrate today. I have some more good news for you. We finally got a house, and guess where? It's on Fieldings Avenue, the same street Ted lives on. I have not seen it yet. Mom says it looks nothing like this place. Uh, it is a house, and they are going to do some painting for us. One of the things that were different for Bill and Doreen is that Bill grew up in a house that his parents owned. It was the same house that he grew up in, the same house that they live in. Whereas Doreen's parents didn't own their own home. And many times they had to move to a new rental, whether that was because the landlord had asked them to leave or they needed more space or they actually just had to move. So this new house on Fielding will be one that they'll be moving into shortly. And it will be just one of many that they will live in through the course of their lives. Well, darling, I do have a few jokes to tell you, but I think the censorship department that opens your mail will probably have their ears and eyes burnt. So I will just have to keep them to myself until you get home. But boy, are they cute. Your letters get opened. Gee, I wouldn't mind that job, opening all the boys' letters. Bill, dear, try and get the book King's Row. Boy, what a book. Ask any of the lads if they have read it. I guess you don't know how long you will be in Halifax, eh? Nan Wilson's boyfriend is also in Halifax, but I guess Halifax is just filled with sailors and soldiers and airmen. I, I guess you probably won't be seeing him. 
Well, darling, I will have to close now as I am running out of news, but I will drop you a line on either Wednesday or Thursday. It will depend on what kind of night Hazel and I get up to after the show, but please hurry and write, Bill. Oh, and also drop your mother a note. Love you more and more each day. Doreen. XXX. P.S. Let me know if my letter was opened. April 21st, 1942. Doreen, dear. Well, I received your very nice letter about an hour ago, and I decided I would go ahead and answer it right away so I could catch the 2 o'clock mail. We've been in Halifax for a week today, and it would be a perfect place if it wasn't for the weather. We've had about two good hours of sunshine the whole week. The food is really wonderful, though. We had some ice cream on Sunday, and you can have as much of everything as you want. They have a movie four nights a week and dances two nights a week, and it really is a swell orchestra. I went to the dance on Saturday night, but there isn't much stuff around, so I just listened to the music. I saw Bill Collard here, but I did not get a chance to speak to him. Well, dear, I'm very happy that you got a house, even though it may not be as nice as Milverton Boulevard. It certainly is something. By the way, did you spray some of your perfume on your last letter? Because it it certainly smelled nice. That's a pretty good idea, and maybe you can give me a sample of your lipstick next time. Well, dear, there isn't very much that I can tell you about Halifax. It's a bit of a dirty place, and most of the houses could use a good paint job. I've only been downtown twice. Once last Wednesday, and on last Saturday afternoon as well. The rumor now is that a few of us are going to be moved to Moncton, and I certainly wouldn't doubt it. But they say that it is a really nice little city, so how would you like to come down there and and live there with me? Just think it over, dear. If you get a transfer here, you would get $55 a month, and that would be $1,320 in a year. And you can buy a lot of things down here for that kind of money. I can get my leave the first two weeks of August, so if you can make the arrangements, we'll go ahead with the wedding as planned. Which I want very, very much. And if I get transferred to Moncton, then maybe you could get a transfer too, and we could live there. The next time you're shopping with Hazel, you better get your own dress for the wedding, because I'm serious about getting married in August. I'm just sorry that I can't get down to talk about it with you in person, and to help you with the preparations, dear. You notice in this letter that Bill is making reference to money quite significantly, and it will be a constant theme for Bill, not only during these letters in 1941 to 1946, but for the rest of his life. One of the greatest lessons that I learned from my grandfather is really about money. It's about saving, it's about understanding what you can spend and what you can afford, And because of these lessons, not only at this point, but Bill was very good at saving money and also using money for the right things. So whether that be a car or a mortgage or buying the right house or buying stocks or buying bonds, that has trickled down into the family for all of us to understand that there is a point of spend, but there's also a point of saving. And this can truly be contributed to my grandfather. This is one of the greatest lessons that he has ever given me. I can still remember my grandfather well into his 90s reading three newspapers every single day to check to make sure his stocks are doing well. I can remember all of the ink being on his fingers and being rubbed on his sweater or his pants because he would read those papers cover to cover. 
And I can remember him watching the stock tickers on the news channels, screaming to the other rooms, Doreen, Doreen, it's up 10 cents. But then subsequently he would also yell to Doreen, 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 get in here. Oh, he's giving it to her good on Jerry Springer. Oh, look at that. She's pulling her hair. Whoop, whoop, raise the roof, raise the roof. That's a true story. We're doing very little here outside of your regular office work. I met up with some of the boys that I was stationed with in Trenton and Belleville, and we're having some pretty great times in the barracks. I'm a little afraid that our wedding's gonna be too small, but, but that would be okay by me, as long as you're by my side and as long as you say I do. Which, you're going to say I do, right? So write me and let me know everything and keep your eyes open for a cottage for the first two weeks in August? Or would you rather go to Holtz Island for the honeymoon, dear? Bill really wants to get married in August. He would love to have that summer wedding, but more so, he really wants to be able to take Doreen to one of his favorite places, which is up north um, at a cottage that he used to visit as a child, just north in the Kawarthas. It's very important to him that he is able to honeymoon with his wife-to-be at one of his favorite places from his childhood. Why is this so significant? Because I can let you know that the place that they do honeymoon up north in the Kawarthas becomes our family cottage, which is still in the family 77 years later. Bill really wants to make this special, and I can tell you it is special because I still get to vacation at a place that my grandparents honeymooned 77 years ago. Well, dear, I guess that's about all, and I hope that I'll be hearing from you very soon. And don't forget to put stamps at the bottom of your letters. It gets here two days sooner if you do, and let me know if there are any further developments. Lots and lots of love, dear. Bill. XXXX. P.S. Don't forget to send me some of your jokes. So, dear listeners, we've come to the end of season one. We've gone through a lot together. We've gone through a surprise baby. We've gone through basic training. We've gone through working at Eaton's. We've gone through a move to Halifax, a proposal, and a possible marriage. All of these things are just the tip of the iceberg to which Bill and Doreen will experience as we move forward in their love story. So avid listeners, there's a lot more to unpack in the Little Blue Suitcase podcast, so I hope that you join me. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you get notified when the next episode is out. For more information, check us out at littlebluesuitcase.ca. I've been your host, Jason McDowell, and I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in Season 2. Podstarter.